eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Always aggravated. A Mike Valenti signature podcast. So our guest this week is one of our favorites, and he's one of the authorities uh, in the NFL. You'll see him on CBS on game day coverage. You'll see him on Inside the NFL on Showtime and number one rated show in New York in the mornings, uh, Boomer Esiason. So here's our conversation with him about Wild Card Weekend and looking ahead to Divisional Round. Boomer Esiason, friend of the program. Booms, how are you? I'm doing great, Mike. Happy New Year to you and your family and all your listeners. Well, same to you and yours. Um, help me out here. Let's start with the weekend that was. Where the hell do the Texans go from here? Because it just seems like every year this is what happens to them. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, they got to get more and better play out of Deshaun Watson. He's an exciting young player. He's uh, he's a playmaker, but he's also a sack taker. That's the debate that I have with Phil Sims all the time on CBS, that quarterbacks in the pocket have to deliver the ball on time, have to be accurate, and cannot take sacks and cannot turn the football over. Uh, you know, everybody says, oh, the offensive line is this, the offensive line is that. In actuality, the quarterback makes everybody around him better. And you're only going to be as good as your quarterback is going to be, and you're only going to be as confident and as, uh, as forward-thinking as your quarterback allows you to be. So I thought that uh, uh, that uh, Sean Watson really had a terrible game, and they have to continue to work on his game. There's a, there's an explosive player there that has shown uh, the propensity for big plays, but when you're sacked 62 times in a season, that is not all on the offensive line. That is on you as the quarterback, and part of your job is to get rid of the football instead of taking these sacks. Boomer, I, I had the conversation with my listeners again and again and again as it relates to our guy here and Matthew Stafford. Hey, the line wasn't perfect, but Stafford was holding the ball so damn long, and people don't want to hear it. They just want to blame the O-line. They do not want to blame the QB. Well, it's easy to, to say that, and believe me, i played behind some great offensive lines, and I've played behind some not-so-good offensive lines. But I do recognize that it was my job to make them better, meaning that uh, there aren't going to be holding calls, there aren't going to be offside calls, uh, false start calls. Uh, there aren't going to be wrong formations. There aren't going to be wrong personnel groups in a huddle where I take a timeout instead of uh, saving it to the end of the game. All of that, <clears throat> excuse me, falls on the feet of the quarterback, and uh, it's part of the responsibility and the leadership role that we have to assume in order for our team to be better. And when I take a look at the eight quarterbacks 
that are left in this year's playoffs, I see all leaders. Now, there may be some guys that aren't just as good as they need to be yet physically, but what I, what I can obviously see from all eight guys that they are clearly the leader of their team. And if you want to say the weakest in that bunch, maybe is Dak Prescott just simply because he doesn't have really the dynamic passing game that some of the other guys have. The one thing you cannot unquestionably doubt at all is the fact that he is the leader of the Dallas Cowboys. It's his team, and when he plays like he did the other night, uh, it really shows you just how much of it is his team. No, and, and you're right. There's a nice boost of confidence there, and, and you brought up the Dallas game. I mean, boom, on the other side, and may, maybe I'm being lazy about it. Maybe this is just a fan opinion, but boom, I go, what? what is Seattle doing? It's like they forgot they had Russell Wilson. What? What was that? Well, you know, they, they actually changed mid-stream uh, mid, uh, this season. They really started running the football to protect their defense. You know, the defense is young, it's good, but it's not what it once was with the Legion of Boom and Michael Bennett and all the pass rushers that they once had that took them to two Super Bowls. So I think that Pete Carroll has remade this roster. They actually making it to the playoffs is actually kind of surprising for a lot of us. Nobody thought that they would be a playoff team. But once they kind of really went to the running game and took some of the, I guess, if you want to say, uh, some of the pressure off of Russell Wilson is when they started winning again. So I, I, I know that it's uh, very easy to sit and say, why didn't they throw more? But you got to remember, you're also playing in Dallas in front of 90,000 or 100,000 people, and you have one of the fastest defenses in the league that you're going against. So what you're trying to do is mitigate the opportunity for the other team to get the turnovers. And I thought that Pete Carroll played to that part of his team uh, the last eight games of the season. It's one of the reasons why they made it to the playoffs. Yeah, and, and, and boom, look, first half, I get it. You're testing it. You're going to stay consistent. It's like the second half, though, and you go, okay, look, the run game has not worked, is not working now, and probably isn't going to work. And boom, there were there were a couple drives back-to-back. It was run, run, pass, and then the next drive, they go run on first, run on second, run on third, and you're still in yep. third, fourth, and sixth. And I'm going, look, I get it, but it's go time now. Like, you don't have your kicker. You Russell has thrown some dimes, and Baldwin had a couple unreal catches. It's just it's almost like there's this stubbornness about it, and that's that's <laughs> well, the hard also, part for me. Also, there's also matchup problems, you know, and uh, I would say that also when we look at the teams that are moving forward to the divisional round, almost all of them have stud offensive lines. I thought that Seattle's offensive line was a good offensive line, and because. Russell Wilson was able to escape uh, some situations uh, throughout the year. He kept the sacks down to a minimum, didn't turn the ball over. I think they had the least amount of turnovers yes. this year, which also coincides with winning, and that also coincides with running the ball and being a little bit more methodical. So I think Pete tried to play to his team's strength and stayed away from exposing its weakness. And for the most part, it got him to the playoffs probably a year or two before he thought he was going to get there. But I think this will be one of the teams to look forward to over the next four to five years because of the young nucleus that he's brought in there now. I want to go over to the uh, San Diego game. I thought it was predictable they were going to see Lamar Jackson for a second time in three weeks. But San Diego did something, and I want your spin on it. I- I'd never seen it before. They-, they-, they approached this game with seven defensive backs out there. And I saw a stat this weekend. No team had ever used seven DBs for more than 12 snaps in a game, in the history of the league, the Chargers did it 58 snaps. I mean, that, is that not like 
the the Gus Bradley special there, just that creative. This is how you win a playoff game deal. It was pretty. It was pretty unbelievable to me. It was a great defensive game plan, especially in light of uh, that they do have injuries. They lost a number of linebackers earlier in the season, so their safeties, Adrian Phillips, Derwin James, you know, they're big enough to play linebacker. You know, they're on the smaller side of linebackers, of course, because they're safeties. But when you're playing against Lamar Jackson, especially for the second time in three weeks, you kind of know exactly what you have to do. And you got to meet speed with speed because if Lamar was able to get on the outside, uh, then that's where most of the problems do arise when you play against an offense like that. Uh, the other thing, too, that happened in this particular game, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram played great. Mm-hmm. You talk about a great defensive game plan. Not only were they on the edges at times, they were also inside over the guards at times. And those two guys are so slippery, they're very difficult for the bigger guards and the slower guards to handle if they're not in, a, in the midst of a double team. So I thought Gus Bradley did a great job. Um, I, I kind of thought maybe the Ravens defense would be able to keep it close, which they did. But uh, there was no passing offense whatsoever until the last five minutes of the game. And that was more backyard football than anything else. That was not the way that you have to win in the NFL consistently. So uh, Lamar Jackson was a great story this year. He got them to where they were, but he's got a lot of work to do on becoming an NFL quarterback uh, and making the throws from where you need to make them, and that's from the pocket. Last one from last weekend before we preview divisional round. I, is it more about Nick Foles' magic, which I'm sick of hearing about, or is it more about I, – I just thought the Bears, specifically Trubisky, were, were terrible offensively uh, on Sunday. Your spin on that? Well, there was a, there's no spin. I mean, it speaks uh, uh, pretty much to itself. Once they got on the other side of the 50 – the Bears' offense would bog down. And again, a young quarterback going through progressions, a young quarterback seeing the field. You know, I do give Mitch a lot of credit because he got his team in place to win the football game on his final drive. It's unfortunately Cody Parkey this year has got this, uh, I guess, this epidemic of hitting the uprights in the crossbars or something. I've, I've never seen anything like, like it, Boomer. It. Never. And that ball was tipped, by the way. Trayvon yeah. Hester tipped it, so maybe it did knock it off uh, off the mark a little bit, but I think Trubisky's got so much room to grow. He's a really good athlete. He still re- he still is relying way too much on running, but you also don't want to take that away from his game. But he needs to learn how to play more like Andrew Luck. Actually, all these quarterbacks do, because Andrew Luck and even Cam Newton, who didn't make it through the season this year, have to learn that you cannot continually take these major hits on week in and week out. You have to play the game from the pocket, and when you do run – You run like Andrew did against the Houston Texans. You run out of bounds. You run with purpose. You slide. You don't take any more direct hits so you can make sure that your career lasts and that your team can count on you. So I I think Trubisky was average at best, um, and I think that he can only get better, and he will get better. Uh, And I do appreciate the fact that he did get his team into a scoring position to win the football game. All right, a quick break just to talk about our launch sponsor. It's the D Las Vegas. You're looking to get away, relax, have a good time. D Las Vegas has everything you need. I mean, hell, we're there every March for March Madness. And as I've said before, there ain't no better setup. On the strip, off the strip, it don't matter. Go to the D, go to that chalet upstairs. It ain't nothing better. Bottom line, next time you go to Vegas, check out the D.com. Completely renovated. Downtown is not what you remember. Hell of a lot of new places. It's a damn good time there's really no other way to put it and again the d has everything you need you're not going to spend a ton of money on the room take that money and go do fun things with it do what sully does make a bunch of losing basketball bets or well or 
for Sully fall asleep on the horse racing machine on the second floor vintage casino. The bottom line, the D's got it all. They got the sports book. They got the long bar. They got it all. Check it out. The D.com to book your stay today. It's the D.com, the D Las Vegas. And as you know, it is your home for Detroit sports in Vegas. You brought up the magic words, Andrew Luck. I, I I love them. I've always loved them. I'm so happy the guy's back and healthy. But early window, Saturday, they go to Arrowhead. I need you to save me, Boomer. Save me from Colts plus six because I, I'm in love with this team. They run it. They dominate up front. Quentin Nelson is unreal to watch. KC can't stop the run. Save me from this mistake because I love the Colts. I was at, well, there's a lot of reasons to love the Colts. Number one, my college roommate's their head coach. So uh, for that, I'm, I'm very grateful that Frank has finally gotten his chance and has shown everybody in the NFL just exactly what a great play designer and play caller he truly is. And then you match him up with the brilliance of Andrew Luck, you have exactly what we're seeing, Andrew Luck's best year ever. So uh, this is a very balanced football team. They, like the Chargers and the Saints, are the three best balanced football teams that if they have to throw it and win it, they can do it. Mm-hmm. If they have to run it and win it, they can do it. And if they have to play defense and get pressure on the opposing quarterback and get a turnover, they can do it. And they're also strong uh, in the special teams area. So those, to me, are the collectively the three best teams that are left in the tournament. But that doesn't mean they're going to win. You're going to have to go to Kansas City, and you cannot get out in the second, a shutout in the second half like you did at Houston if you are Frank in the Indianapolis Colts. So you're going to have to play a full four-quarter game. I do believe that this will be the highest-scoring game of the weekend. I think both defenses are going to struggle with the speed on the outside and the, uh, the abilities of the quarterbacks to create secondary plays. Um, but I do like the Colts and the number. There's no question about that. And when we get to, uh, you know, get to the end of the week and we see who's playing, who's going to be deactivated, what it all looks like, I can make a determination who, who I think is going to win. But if you're going to tell me the Colts are going to get six points on the road with the way that they've been playing on the road and with their offensive line and the way that they've run it since week five when Marlon Mack came back, I would take the Colts in the number. Nah, it's uh, Boom, I'm telling you. And I, I, it's The other thing, and maybe it's not fair, but it's twofold with the Chiefs. I don't think they're the same team without Kareem Hunt. I think it's evident. You know, Damian Williams done a nice job. I get it, but that's one. And the other thing, and I know it's not fair because he's an awesome coach. I can't get the Andy Reid playoff failure out of my mind. It, like last year, I'm still scarred by blowing an 18 point lead against the Titans. If I'm them, that's a it's a yeah. hard thing to wrap my mind around. Yeah, but Andy now has the MVP of the league. He's got Patrick Mahomes and. You know, we were just talking about Andrew Luck and the way to play quarterback and how to be poised and in control and be accurate. I would say the same thing about Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes looks so unbelievably comfortable on the football field mm-hmm. uh, in his only his second year. And some of the throws that he has made this year, we have never seen before. I mean, I, I, I am just smitten with the kid. I think he's awesome. I think he's everything that you want your young quarterback to be and what you want to build around. Um, he has a poise level to him that will not be shaken at all this weekend. That's why I think it's going to be high scoring. That's why I think the quarterback with the ball last is going to have a chance to win the game, just like Nick Foles did and, and Mitch Trubisky did. I, I can see that ending uh, developing, but with a lot more points scored prior to that ending. So I, I, I think it's going to be an exciting game. I wish uh, that we were doing the game. We have uh, the Chargers and the Patriots, which I think will be great on CBS as well on Sunday, but – uh, this this weekend of football is just going to be awesome. We got we got eight great quarterbacks. 
We got eight different great storylines for each of the teams. And uh, I think the, these games should be epic this weekend. Oh, I'm, oh, believe me, I want to get to that Charger game. But let's go late window Saturday. Cowboys in L.A. getting seven. And again, this is one I am worried that the Rams, I don't want to use the term broken. That's not fair, and it's too melodramatic. But, Boomer, if they can't play action pass, Goff is just nowhere near the same QB, no Cooper Cup. This Cowboy D looks real. Am I wrong to give Dallas a shot, even though I'm not a Dak guy? No, it's kind of interesting. You, you, I, I, if it's seven points, I thought I, I heard even eight, eight and a half. So <clears throat> I am a uh, – you know what the Dallas Cowboys are now? The Dallas Cowboys are a very physical and fast football team. This Van Der Esch, he's an animal in the middle. Unreal. He is perfect for the Dallas Cowboys. And he and Jalen Smith are just two awesome linebackers that are seem like if one isn't making the tackle, the other one is. Uh, and they're going to be all over Todd Gurley. I wonder about Todd Gurley's knee. You know, he didn't play the last three weeks of the season. Um, I know he's uh, an explosive football player, but any running back with a knee injury, I really, I'm concerned about, even though it's just a bruised knee or maybe an inflammation situation. Uh, you know, if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, guess where I'm tackling Todd Gurley? It's going to oh, be yeah. right around the legs because he's going to be trying to protect himself. I, I, I'm big on the Dallas Cowboys. You know, we had three road winners this week. And I wouldn't be surprised if we have three road winners next week, and this being one of them, because Dallas can run the ball. Uh, Dallas's offensive line is going to be great matchup between Zach Martin and uh, and Aaron Donald. Uh, I think there's a it's a one man defense in L.A., and that's why I think the Dallas Cowboys have a real chance here. Yeah, and especially too, look at what they did to Seattle. They took the running game away. And if they limit it, I, I don't know what it is with L.A. Boomer. I mean, it's is it Cooper Cup getting hurt, not being there, and that was kind of Goff's pet receiver. But if they don't gouge you on the ground, he's not the same. And I think Dallas has the recipe to be in that. And how about this, Mike? Most teams that go on the road, they could get impacted by the, the road or the home <laughs> crowd, if you will. Not here. In this case, there will be more Dallas Cowboy fans, most likely, at the game than there are Rams fans in Los Angeles. So, uh, I don't think that that's going to be a part. This is going to be like a neutral site game, and I think Dallas is going to come in there, and I think they're going to try to hit the Rams in the mouth. And uh, I'll tell you what the Ram, what the Cowboys did to the uh, the Saints about five weeks yes. ago, really spoke volumes to how good and how quick that defense is, and why they don't miss Sean Lee, and why they have to keep Vanderesh on the field. Your game early window Sunday is probably my favorite game of the weekend, and I we've talked about it before. I'm a Philip Rivers slappy. I can't help it. Um, I, I just Boomer. I think they're the most complete team maybe out there. Is it nuts to think that the Chargers are going to fly across the country again and do this? Patriots haven't lost a home playoff game in six years. You know, and Philip Rivers is 0-7 versus I know. Brady-led teams. He did beat the Patriots once, but Matt Castle was the quarterback in that game. It does so. not count. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and Philip, Philip is, uh, you know, he's kind of aware of what's going on because when we did interview him after the game uh, on Sunday, the first thing he talked about was New England and that fact that they have to fly back across country to do this. Um, you know, Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram. Those are three top-flight players that get, that get after it. And those two pass rushers going against the two tackles, because I, I don't think they'll put them inside 
against the, uh, the Patriots. I think that they'll keep them on the outside, and it will be really up to the tackles of the Patriots to keep them off of Tom Brady. And the one thing I do know about the Patriots, they will run the football. If they play that dime defensive package, which I doubt they will yeah. against Brady, they will run Sony Michelle right down their throat. This is a different you know, level of quarterback play that they're going to face now. This is a, this is a Ph.D. as a, an offensive coordinator in Josh McDaniels. Um, and then for Phillip Rivers on the other side, this game should be easier than it was last week against the Ravens. The Ravens' defense is in your face. They're all over you. They're quick. They're massive. Uh, they, they force you to make quick decisions. The Patriots are 30th in sacking the quarterback, the opposing quarterback. This is more of a scheme type of defense. They have a very good secondary, but I could see how Phillip Rivers could really throw for 350 to 400 yards in this game and a few, if not three, four touchdowns in this game. And this one also should be high scoring. You're speaking my language. I'm just, I'm openly, I don't really root for players. I root for teams. But Rivers is a guy I've always loved. I wanted my Giants to take him in 04 instead of trading for Eli. We won't go down that road. I just, I want him to get one, Boomer, because I, I just think people don't appreciate how good he's been for as long as he's been doing it. Well, we all, we all appreciate those of us who cover the league. You know, I, I said something yesterday in the NFL today that it's not about validating his career. It's just kind of like solidifying his career. If he can go on an Eli Manning 2007 run, take three playoff games all on the road and take them right into the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl MVP, that's the one, I guess, thing that some would say is missing from his resume. And, no, it's missing from Dan Fouts' resume, too, but Dan Fouts is yet still a Hall of Famer. So he's kind of like the this generation's Dan Fouts for the same team, although be it a, a different city now. And, and I think he is a sentimental favorite, if you ask me, out there. And I think people would like to see him in the Super Bowl. But I'll tell you, he's not, he's not going to have an easy road. They're gonna, no. I mean, no matter who they play, if they are able to beat the Patriots, whether it be uh, Kansas City or Indianapolis, it will not be a, a cakewalk all the way to Atlanta, that's for sure. Boomer, they're one of the best teams I've ever seen that didn't get a home game in the playoffs, like in recent memory. I, you don't see complete teams like this never get a home game. They're well, really you know good. It's good for them, though, because they stink at home. They <laughs> they're playing like in a Little League stadium. Right. And they're 8-1 and one now, including yesterday's victory against the Ravens on the road. So you just they have nailed been road it. warriors. They Nothing have done it that. against good teams, too. They went to Seattle and got it done. And they went to Kansas City and got it done. That, to me, that's part of the reason. I. It's an impossible spot to go west coast, east coast, back to the west, back to the east, and you're in the early window. This might be the only team I would ever give a shot to do this to because of what you just said. Yeah, and you see those scores that they had against Kansas City, Seattle, and, of course, the, the great Pittsburgh comeback. They were all high-scoring games, and that's why I think this weekend between they and the Patriots will also be high-scoring. Is this it for the Eagles? I mean, can we stop with the Nick Foles magic <laughs> stuff? Please, please. I want to be Nick Foles' agent. Oh, I my God. Be. Oh, my uh, God. He's going to get paid. He's going to get paid handsomely, and whether it be Denver, whether it be Baltimore or Jacksonville, some team out there is going to come knocking on the door for him, and they're going to want him to be their starter. And I can't say that I wouldn't want him to be my starter, but at the end of the day, he's not Carson Wentz, but he does have something special going on with Doug Peterson in their offense. Uh, this will be another very, very tall task uh, to go down to New Orleans and win. But I, I felt that way going into the, uh, the Bears game. I'm like, man, how are they going to win this game against that defense in Soldier Field and 
He didn't play great in the first half, but he certainly played really well in the second half. And like I always say to you, Mike, and I say this about a lot of quarterbacks, if it's fourth and goal and the game is on the line, who do you want throwing the football? Uh, would Nick Foles come to your mind? I don't know if it would or not, but yesterday he was spot on. And I'll tell you what, that was a perfectly thrown ball. And, uh, and it was just just a great way for the Philadelphia Eagles to go on the road and upset the Bears. I'm with you. I, I just I got it totally wrong. I really thought the Bears would kind of end, end the fairy tale. But the Saints are a different deal. I mean, the Saints are, are, I don't know, I think they're going to the Super Bowl in the NFC. But I, I just, geez, this has to end. This can't continue. It just it can't. <laughs> but you know what it is? You know what it is? It's, uh, it's not Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky that they're playing against right. this week. They're playing against Sean Payton and Drew Brees. And Sean and Drew are two of the most competitive people that I know in the NFL. Uh, Sean will have his team ready to rock and roll. Uh, They will, you know, everybody thinks of them as a real passing team because they're high scoring and all that. They're a running team first, and it's play action after that, and then it's Drew Brees reading defenses and throwing dimes down the field. So I I would say that, you know, my heart is with New Orleans, but if it's a nine-point spread or the number is close to ten, I think I'd have to take the Eagles with the number. So who's your Super Bowl pick, just for fun? Because we know it'll probably blow up on us here uh, (laughs) with this weekend. Well, you know, since all these different entities I work for ask me for the same question in week one, I'll give you the same answer that I gave in week one, okay? All right, let me hear it. New Orleans and New England. Ah, you're killing me with New England. God, I'm I so know, sick of the I, Patriots. I'm saying, I'm, i got to stay with it. They made it to the playoffs, and hell, they got the number two seed. I know. I, listen, I can't help it. I'm I'm rooting for, for Phillip. That's my captain. I want him to get this done. I can't take it. Well, I'm, I'm rooting for Frank Reich in Indianapolis, but, you know, just because I'm rooting for a guy doesn't mean that I think he can get there. But I know. I, if he does, I, the one thing I do know is that uh, it, there is no clear cut teams simply because of the way the schedules have worked themselves out and maybe the best team is going on the road in the Chargers uh, that we can really look at and really feel confident about making it to the Super Bowl right now out of the AFC. I mean, I feel like the Saints are going to make it just like you do, but in these four teams that are left here, there's there's a wart here or there on each one of these teams. And going on the road and having to win in Houston, Kansas City, and let's say Uh, New England or L.A., if in fact L.A. does upset New England and Indy upsets Kansas City, I mean, that's a tough road for the Colts. So it's a tough road for the Chargers, but I I just, I I really don't have a real good sense as to which one of these teams is truly the best. Boom, you're the best. See you, brother. Talk to you, man. Winter's here, and that means energy bills are rising. You can reduce your power bill with help from Power Home Solar, the number one residential solar provider in Michigan and one of the top solar installation companies in the entire USA. Power Homes installs American-made panels with a 30-year warranty. It allows you to own your power, not just continually rent it from a power company. As an official partner of the Detroit Lions, the company installed solar panels at Ford Field, and the Allen Park facility earlier this year and seeks to continue building a movement towards cleaner, greener energy by seeing if solar is right for your home. Go to powerhome.com. That's powerhome.com. Or you can give them a call, 1-800-SOLAR-15. That's 1-800-SOLAR-15 to schedule your free solar consultation today. Don't rent your power. Own it with help from Powerhome. So we wanted to have a little bit of fun. 
And you guys have, have sent in a ton, a ton, a ton of questions. So what we've done is we've kind of gotten a little mailbag together, and we're going to tackle them. And you'll get part one of the mailbag this week and some wide-ranging discussions and things that should have been short answers that are long and things that should have been long that are short. But we had a good time with it, and uh, this is part one of the listener mailbag. Sully, you had been out soliciting the people and... Well, not soliciting them in that way, but I mean just soliciting questions. <laughs> well, it depends what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, that's right. The king of nightlife. Um, but how many, I mean, response-wise, people oh, were amped up? We had over 500 Okay, over 500 I, I'm, not, I'm not sitting here for that long. No, I, I picked the best ones. There's a ton of great ones in here. All right. And, guys, this is ranging from everything, whether it's sports-related, whether it's uh, questions from, like, about horse racing stuff, bourbon. Everything. I'm in. There's even a, a cage match question about D'Antonio and Arbaugh. But point is, we got a lot of these. So oh, let's I just, like this. Let's just start it off. Yeah. It's going to be questions for all of us, for some of us, whatever. But I want to start with this one. And, Mike, this one's for you. Okay. The question is, what is your favorite cigar and bourbon or scotch to go with it? <laughs> and it's, it's good to lead off that because you're a big, uh, big bourbon guy. I mean, oh, hell, how long do we have? Like, okay, so, like, the background on it is, no, I don't, I am not habitual with cigars, okay? I enjoy a couple a month. That's an hour I take to myself, and it's enjoyable. Uh, I certainly do not condone or advocate the the every day or hell, even, you know, a couple days a week. It's just, it's not healthy for you. But for me, it's something I do enjoy. It's a time I can take with a friend or by myself, Um Favorite cigar, look, cigars are like wine or like bourbon. You do not have to spend a ton of money to get something enjoyable. So, yeah, there's a bunch of cigars I could give you that are, like, super expensive. And if you're into that, and, like, that's great. But honestly, there are very, very good cigars under 10 bucks, delicious. Mm. So, like, an example, um, probably one of my favorites is the La Roma de Cuba the Mia Moore, um, any cut, it doesn't matter to me. I like the Bellicoso because it's just a like a 30-minute smoke. Yep. But it's medium. It's tasty. You can pair it with anything you want. If you were going to go, like, heavier, oh, God. I mean, there's just so many, Mike. I like Rocky Patel all decades. I like the uh, Oliwa Series V Milanos. Um, Quite the collection. I just, Mike, truly, it's, it's, it's such a fascinating world because... It's just so many different countries and blends and styles and like if you if you smoke them on a again a semi regular basis and just enjoy them for what they are and it's not habitual you yep. really take a little time that you want to enjoy that thirty minutes and like you take notice of kind of hey this is what I like what I don't like like there are cigars that are wildly popular and I'm not going to trash anybody but like there are cigars that are super popular that I think taste like shit. And I'm like, well, maybe I'm just an ignoramus because I don't like them. It was just the name or the brand or yeah, what? Yeah, well, and, and again, people get lost in some of these lists. And again, I'm not going to trash any publications or anything like that. That's not why I'm saying it. I'm just saying for people, whether it's wine, whether it's bourbon, whether it's cigars, don't get intimidated and go, oh, well, I got to spend a bunch of money to enjoy it. You don't. That's right. not what it's about. I mean, if you want to just be a douche and throw money around, well, go for it. Live your best life. Do whatever you want to do. But... Yeah, I mean, I, I've got a man. There's a bunch. I'll give you another one I really, really like, and it's awesome with coffee. Because then the question was bourbon and scotch, right? Yeah, the and this all is right. from Freddie, by the way. Yeah, they wanted to know the drink that you'd pair with your favorite cigar, basically. Favorite, all right, my favorite thing to pair with my favorite cigar is coffee. Wow, I love coffee. I think it's a great pairing for a cigar. I like a cigar 
like on a Sunday afternoon in the fall after football before the Sunday night game. That's like my one take an hour, go sit outside with the dogs. It's uh, a My Father. It's called The Judge. It's an awesome cigar. goes great with coffee. Um, I actually, believe it or not, I'm not a huge bourbon guy with cigars. I like bourbon for what it is. Like, I just like bourbon. It's mm-hmm. good. There is no cool factor. Like, I, I've, I've enjoyed bourbon for over a decade. Bourbon Bourbon's been killing it right now, Right, too. but bourbon Huge. wasn't cool 10 years ago. I was able to walk into yeah. liquor stores, buy what I liked, and it wasn't a big deal. And now it's like you just want to find a bottle of Blanton's, and you can't because everybody and their mother drinks bourbon. But I, I really don't enjoy bourbon with cigars. I like, I like coffee. Um, scotch, I don't mind. I've gotten into that the last couple of years, and it took me a long, long time there's a couple, but like, all right, if you wanted like holidays, if you wanted a bottle that will last you a long time, you only sip a little bit of it. You don't go crazy. You're not going to get hammered on this because it's expensive. But the scotch that really turned it around for me, I had a friend buy me a glass of it, um, and it's by uh, the Dalmore, mm-hmm. and it's called Cigar Malt. Oh, now, perfect. It's an expensive bottle, but it's... A, something you're only going to have a little pour of and enjoy it for what it is, right? So one glass at a time, y- you can rationalize the cost of the bottle. Wait, well, enlighten it. What is expensive? I think it's like 100 bucks, 110 yeah. bucks, right? You ain't buying that to get bombed with the boys <laughs> on a Friday. That's not what this is. That's for you in your personal time, one glass, one cigar. You know, if you do that 20 times, well, then the 100 bucks was worth it, right? But that's the bottle that got me into scotch after years of not liking it. Because, dude, scotch is rough. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, uh, that was going to say, Roberto, you got to be a hard <laughs> son of a bitch if you're just knocking scotch back. A lot of people think bourbon is, too. Scotch is even a, a step yeah, above. Yeah, but, like, it's tough because... We can go down the wormhole here. This could become the booze special. But, yeah. like, bourbon, it all de- – like, there's a reason Maker's Mark is popular. A, it's good, right? But, B, it's sweet because it's a weeded bourbon. And there's only, I think, seven bourbons that are weeded, all right? And the wheat is sweet. If you get into some of the spicier bourbons and they have, you know, a different composition, etc. like, that's why rye is so weird for people because they're like, man, this is spicy. Yeah, that's the rye. If you approach it the right way and you try different stuff, you'll learn what you like. Like, like okay, um, a really good bourbon for somebody to start with, if they're scared, A is Makers, because it's sweet. Sweet appeals to all of us. Like, who doesn't like sweet stuff? Um, no, I, I'll give you a couple more. And obviously, I got a chance to try it. And yes, they sponsor the show, but Coppercraft is very good, very approachable, very nice stuff. You could That's a good entry point for you there. Really good. Um, I think, like, one of mine that I really, really like is... Woodford Reserve, Double Oak. So it's kind of like, call it's like dessert almost. So they, they take it, and you know, like a oak barrel, and they char it, and you leave it, and you know, the, the, the heat makes the bourbon expand, gets into the wood, the cold temperatures pull it back out, and they rotate it in the rack house, the whole deal, right? That's how you get your flavor. Mm. But then they, yeah, Roberto's salad, <laughs> But then, yeah, then they, no, Roberto, you know what's really cool? And I, you'll probably never do it, just because... You're always, it's not something you're going to do with the wife and kids, and you don't have any free time because of the wife and kids. But Correct. if you ever go to Kentucky and just go to a bourbon distillery, and like like the week of the Derby, there's always a reason I leave. I'll go to a couple distilleries. It's awesome. You drive in the country, you go to a distillery, and the smell when you walk into the rack house of just like, it's almost like the air, it's like if someone lit a candle and the flavor was sugar. <laughs> it's just like sweet mm. and tasty and like, you're like, it's uh, it's awesome. I think it was 2000, 
maybe eight or nine. I went to the Jameson Distillery sure. in Ireland. That's awesome. It was well, awesome. awesome. I, but now the bourbon, the bourbon thing is lost cabin pressure because now guys just want to hoard it and 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 buy it so they can say they own it. And it's like, well, dude, you don't even. You don't even drink it. Like what? What? What the fuck's the Just point? Just to sit there, yeah. It's, right. sit there and look, it's kind of yeah. like you know what you're yeah. saying. It's kind of like what, like with the vinyl records it is. and that stuff. Well, that's it with is. anything, guys. And you I, could I say that with shoes, with anything. Yeah, yep. I won't. Like, what's good though is like I've got some buddies who I got a friend in Kentucky. I got a buddy who goes down to Kentucky. I know a couple local retailers, and I I won't spiff them because I I don't want to get in the business of you know. Some are yeah. There's I know the one you're talking about is huge with right. making barrels down there. Right, and it's it. Look, you get to know the right people, and you treat them nice, and they treat you good. I just I'm not going to pay some crazy secondary market. I, I won't do it. It's just it's 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 silly to me because there's like I said, it's like cigars. You can find great bourbon for affordable, so like you don't need to spend. Okay, that was long-winded. I'm sorry. No, that was great. But <laughs> you're getting, you're hitting me in my wheelhouse. These yes. are things I like. That was a great introductory question. All right, we'll <laughs> yeah. see you guys next week. All right, we'll see you next week. <laughs> I don't exaggerate. <laughs> After Mike's done fucking around with bourbon and cigars, <laughs> carry on. Yeah. So, second question. You know, Dave, why don't we start with you for this one? This one's oh, for everybody. Okay. Is Th- God real? <laughs> yeah. This is from Josh. Uh oh. Okay. And the question is, what is everyone's opinion on pineapple on pizza? Now, you always are eating pizza. I know that's one of your favorite food. You've done a taste test here before with pizza, David. Yes, I have. Pineapple on pizza. Yay or nay? Yay. That's the best kind of pizza you can have is to have pineapple on pizza. Now, I don't do it. Now, I don't do it with ham because I don't, I don't eat ham. So <laughs> I'll do it just fine with the pepperoni. Roberto. Pineapple pepperoni. Get him the fuck out of here. <laughs> are are you serious, Mike? You don't like pineapple? Well, I, well, who am I asking here? Yeah. I'm talking to Mike. No. Of course pineapple's not good on pizza. <laughs> no. What is you good know what? to me? No. Uh, fine. I don't. Uh, yes, I'm a pizza snob. I just don't believe you put pineapple on pizza. I just don't. It's, if you ask for pineapple on a pizza in New York City, they'll laugh you out of the damn place. Well, I would never do that. What's worse, pineapple on a pizza or chicken on a pizza? No, you throw pineapple. Chi- you can throw chicken on a pizza if it's like a chicken parm pie. Yeah, I guess. Pineapple, I was never into that either. Well, that's I've fine. never eaten pineapple on a pizza. No, I say never. No, I say no. To no, pineapple. I mean I have, but not in a long Pepperoni time. It's not something I get. I, draw I say the line no, no to pineapple. Well, I haven't had it probably since I'm a teenager, but yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. I love it. All right, how about the next question here? What is the most shameful, this is from Matt, the most shameful drunk behavior you have ever seen at a work event? Oh, boy. <laughs> There's a couple that come to mind. I'll give you one. i got to think about that. And I'm not, obviously, no names, and I'm not trying to embarrass anybody, but it was, uh, how do I say this? There was one person <laughs> who was female who became very, very inebriated, and no, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be careful here. And it didn't involve anyone with this show. I was just party to the behavior, watching it. And she began, in some form of heavy flirtation, just lobbing insults at a a man who works in this office. And it was just, uh, it was uncomfortable. It was unfortunate. It was unsavory. And, um, <laughs> you know, the person had to be talked to. And that's that. <laughs> Embarrassed. A little tough. <laughs> That's rough. But it's also, too, I don't spend a lot of time with people from the office, so I'm not the right guy to ask. But you know, it's funny that they mentioned that because remember during the holidays, maybe this was like last week, right, where there was a little party going on in the office here. Yeah. And there, and there seems to be like there's a group of about six people. <laughs> That yeah. you know, who take cannot yeah. wait to get over there. They're it's always like flies going. To, they're always you know, going on bees their own to personal honey. booze cruise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it is. It's the same people, and I'm not going to name names. That's inappropriate. But 
No, I don't, I don't get it because it's almost like when you introduce alcohol to the equation, there's certain people in this office. They can't, can't control themselves. It's it's like the first set of tits they ever saw. Like they just are like, yes. whoa, buddy. And it's yeah. like, Lose dude, you minds. don't have to drink all of it at the same time. <laughs> we had champagne here one time. People were getting wasted off of champagne. <laughs> but all right, next question. This is from Aaron. Kind of an update to a previous podcast we did. Can we get an update on Roberto's holiday presents for the kids? What did Santa actually bring? Roberto, sum that up. We actually did go with uh, multiple gaming systems. <laughs> Fucking loser. Uh, one for each. You are boys. such. Your kids walk all over you. <laughs> and I've been getting texts and phone calls from them every, ever since Christmas asking, you know, how do I log into this? I got to buy this game. I need this code. having uh, two of the same game system in the same home? Right. Can you help me? Well, so that they don't have to fight over one. Oh, so instead of showing discipline... And making them earn their time with the game system, you just go, ah, to hell with it. Both of you get one because Dad doesn't want to bother and he wants to go in the basement in his boxers and listen to vinyl. Right, exactly. I'm sorry. Dude, I can't wait to talk to my Big G about this. And I've, I cannot wait. My dad is never going to speak to you again. Uh, let's get somewhat of a sports one in the mix here from Joe. I don't care about the sports. Well, it's, it's not really a true right, sports question ahead. from it's Joe. Fine. This is for you, Mike. I've noticed you wearing Winnipeg Jets hats on your program. Are you a fan of the team? It's hat singular. Um, <laughs> no, it's a throwback Winnipeg hat. I found it in Toronto years ago. And it's white, so I can only wear it once in a while. Otherwise, you get it dirty, and you look like Sully when he wears that filthy Tiger's hat of his. <laughs> that one needs oh, to be no. washed. Needs to be washed. Dude, his hat is white, but it's, it looks like a cappuccino. <laughs> Mikey, you've got to wash it. Just when you turn it around. Just um, when you turn it around. It's like no, wood grain. I, here's what I'm a fan of. I'm a fan of... The teams that I grew up with that were in NHL-only cities. There was just a feeling with the NHL with teams like the Quebec Nordiques and the Winnipeg Jets and the Hartford Whalers. Those were these unique, niche, hockey, mystery markets. And I think for a long time, the league got away from where it belonged. And it was more interested in Dallas and Carolina and 18 teams in California. And in fact, those were the markets that never should have lost their teams. And... Yeah, NHL 93 and 94 as a kid. I Yes, Timo Solani couldn't be stopped, and I mm -hmm. used the Jets a lot. I used the Wings a lot, if you want to be honest. They were unbelievable. I mean, Paul Isabart was like a 99 in speed. Iserman was, hell, they had Stevie Y as probably a 95. Mm -hmm. Fedorov was like 110. He was off the charts. You could literally skate out of the screen. Yep. But no, like, I just, I love those teams. And if I was ever around in my travels and would just, find something really cool, yeah, like I have a Hartford Whaler sweatshirt, and I've got that Winnipeg Jets throwback hat. I've got a Nordiques hat. I just don't wear it a whole lot because it's actually big on my head, but I, I couldn't let it go, so I bought the damn thing anyways. Wait, there's actually a hat that's too big for you? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Go figure. I'm cursed. Go ahead. From Ethan, let's get this question in the mix. Who would win in a cage match fight, Mark D'Antonio or Jim Harbaugh? Harbaugh, he's fucking insane. He would lose it, wouldn't he? Harbaugh would win. Harbaugh's insane. But D'Antoni would have some sort of tactful, uh, I don't know. I feel like he would kind of outsmart him. And I, yeah, I, but, I, but, I agree with you, Sully. But when push comes to shove and someone's insane, I, I could see Harbaugh biting his Achilles and ripping it off of Yeah, he'd just go body. berserk. He'd, he'd like throw the Gary Busey out. Right, like, don't, don't you think Harbaugh would just chew on his face? Like Hannibal Lecter style? <laughs> Harbaugh's insane, Mike. Look at that. That guy is not normal. How could D'Antonio compete, or could he? A gun. 
A knife? <laughs> An Foreign entourage? Ominous. Yeah, yeah. Biggie's uh, bodyguard? <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. Like, dude, I, I love Coach D, but when you're looking at Harbaugh, you have to factor the crazy in a fight. Like, the one guy you never want to get into a fight with. Not that you ever want to get into a fight. But if you ever had to choose the guy not to get into a fight with, it's the crazy dude. Yeah, but sometimes the silent one, the one that doesn't say much, you got to worry about him as well. No, no, no. I agree. That person can think awful things in their silence. But the crazy outweighs the strong dude. It outweighs the, the cousin of yours that's an MMA wannabe fighter. The crazy dude. You can't argue with crazy. You can't fight crazy. Harbaugh's crazy. <laughs> like, he would Harbaugh, lose his mind. Harbaugh is the type of dude who would, like, like I was, I was going to say, like, he would almost, like, just soak a dinner napkin in kerosene and tuck oh. it in his back pocket <laughs> oh, and no. just, like, shove it in your mouth in the middle of a fight. The dude's nuts. He'd be like one of the guys in Fight Club or something. Yeah, he would be. He, he'd be, uh, what was it, Edward Paulson yeah. or whatever it is. I, I just, no. I. He'd probably beat any college coach. Is there another college football coach that's as insane as he is? I can't think of it. it uh, Mike Leach? I don't know. No, I He's think, just weird. I think Mike Leach <laughs> is just a hippie. I yeah. think Mike Leach is just super chill, super laid back, seems like the type of dude that would carry a vape pen. And just reads his books about pirates and has his philosophies. I love Mike Leach. What about Coach O? Coach O. See, no, one. Coach O you don't want to get into a bar fight with. But again, yes. the crazy outweighs Boulder Shoulder. There's a difference. Like, Coach O would probably pick you up and body slam you in the whole deal. <laughs> but this Harbaugh's insane. Like, you're not getting it. Couldn't you see Harbaugh biting a human's ear off? I could. Yeah. Yes, I could. Okay. Couldn't you see Harbaugh, like, doing the unthinkable in a fight? Like, think of the dirtiest, nastiest, craziest stuff that you, you don't do in a fight. Yeah. He would do. Yeah. yeah, bite your nose off. Easy. Done. Yep. Well, we've literally seen someone bite a, an ear in a fight before. So Mike Tyson. Right. No, I'm just, I think Harbaugh's a madman. Here's an outside-the-box name. Not even a name. I just know him from... From his viral stuff on the internet, that Northwestern strength coach that just goes crazy every single game? Let me ask this question, and I have to do it, because you're, you're bringing something up that, that is starting to bother me. When did the strength coach for each team become a celebrity? <laughs> That's a good question. Like, look at the Oregon dude with the Raleigh Fingers mustache. Right. Why? First of all, mustaches are insanely creepy. Like, you don't have to like beards. Mm -hmm. Beards aren't creepy. Mm -hmm. They're beards. But mustaches, you're making a conscious decision, I'm going to be creepy. Or you're just one of these, hey, look at me, I'm ironic, I'm a hipster, I ride a bike to work, and I'm just an asshole. That's different, right? Like, Roberto, you see all these dudes now, and it's like, wait, do you, did, did you, is your mustache, are you, is that fake? Are you being real? Right. I don't know when that became a thing. But it's a thing with strength coaches yep. now. Now you gotta you gotta see the strength coach doing strength coach things. Like I, I'm kind of just done with all that. I'd be willing to pay an insane amount of money to have you shave your beard and just leave the mustache. 
man. All right, hold on. For how long? <laughs> for how long? One day. And for fine. what charity? And for how much? <laughs> yeah. so you would consider it? I would consider it for the right cause, yes. Oh, that'd be great. But I would. it would need to be a sizable amount because, again, you have to go on the flow chart. I'd look like a goddamn creep. Yeah, and, I'm, and then I'm, I'm also going to need you to walk around the mall for a couple of hours. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Listen, the price only goes up. The more ridiculous the request, the more a charity would benefit. <laughs> I'll get you a members-only jacket. <laughs> who, the, who the hell has a mustache in 2018? But some guys do. It's like in now to yeah, like hipsters. look all weird. That's who? Yeah. Hipsters. In Brooklyn and downtown Detroit. Hipsters. All right, next question. This comes from Garrett. And I think this is a really good one, Mike. Everyone can weigh in on this, but it's specifically for you. How much of an asshole is Mike at work? No, Too but there's, there's a question for David and I <laughs> somewhat about that later. No, get into but, it now. <laughs> that question? Yeah, fuck it's not, it. I don't care. No, that question we'll was, that uh, let's see, from a person. No, I don't care because I say it on the air and I don't run from it. I am a red ass. No, I it, am not easy to work with. It wasn't that, I demand though. a lot because I demand a lot out of myself. I don't give a shit. You guys want to trash me? Trash me. Oh, no. Please. No, it's, it's simpler from someone named Craddy, C-R-A-D-D-Y. Sully and David, what's your favorite Mike moment? Go for it. On air or off air? Both. <laughs> so many of them. Wow. Why don't you give wow. people the off air? I mean, that's what the podcast is for, is the fun shit. So go ahead. David? Wow, I have to really think about that for a second. Oh, my. I have a great one off air in Vegas that I'm not going to completely repeat on here. But let's just say that we it was, it was basically the last day in Vegas. We had a good group of guys out there. Is this the March trip? Yes. Yeah. A lot of people were uh, placing a certain bet, a big group bet. Yeah. And that bet hit, and everyone we went to the <laughs> went straight to the bar, ripped a shot. Everyone was. Everyone was, made money. A, everyone was, was pumped time. up. There's nothing better. You're right, though. When we have a group, when you got a group of guys that are on the same game or the same. In that case, it was a horse race. Yep. yep. But like. Everyone's rooting for the same thing. Everyone's feeling the same amount of joy. There's no like. You know, Captain Poopy Pants in the group who bet the other team, and they're wah. No, it was not. Nah, that was that was a hell of a good time. There were probably what seven of us. That was a big. That was a big time. That was fun. But no, I mean, give you know, Mike. That's a fun. But like, give that's people a great work one. one, dude. The amount huh. of times that we end up yelling at each other, there's yeah. I mean, be something I, funny. Yeah, I always enjoy it. like the you know awkward moments. The. Uh, <laughs> Mike confronting people in the office, <laughs> uh, breaking things, throwing chairs. No, my, those are always my favorite. I've thrown a chair <laughs> twice. Time out. Time out. Breaking the microphones. I have. I've thrown a chair twice, but it's been in the studio with no one else in there. There was no, no danger. You threw it at somebody. You've never. I've never. You've never. never uh, touched a person in any way. No, well, no. well I, I will say this. There had to be a moment, there was a moment where I think he felt like throwing a chair at me. <laughs> and it was when Sully was off. I think we were doing sound or something and I mixed it up, mixed up some sound or something, played the wrong thing. He yelled at me on the air and it continued off the air. But I appreciate that stuff because he demands greatness and I was not great, but it was continued yelling. It was it was wonderful to me. It wasn't at the time. Dude, I copped to it fully though. It was See, great. there's the difference. Like, I, I, it's absolutely the truth but here's the other side of it this is where i think it's the it's the pussification of america mm -hmm. if you're going to break people down you have to build them up mm -hmm. now i'm not going to sit here and shine my own balls i could leave the room right now you guys could cut whatever you want and say whatever you want because the truth of the matter is yes i'm hard on every single one of you and i'm hard on myself i appreciate it though but i'm also the biggest advocate for each yes. and every one of you guys and i build you up and i do shit that nobody else in this building does for their guys yes that's a fact yes you put that on fucking tape it's the truth so yes 
It's 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 just how it is. I know, dude. I'm a total red ass. I know that. Like I just, I've never let it go. I I grew up with a huge chip on my shoulder. That's me. And like, it just is what it is. And it does take a certain type of person. And it's no, I don't expect every day to be all bubble baths and sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> like I I want to do really good shows, and I want to be really really different. Not only from the rest of the station, but like, I just, I don't know. I just, that's me. I'm sick. I mean, look, guys, we're, we're cut. The podcast is something that really very few other shows would ever attempt to do or bother with, right? Well, that's not easy. That's hard. It could fail. Or, oh, well, you're going to have trouble selling it. Yeah, well, I don't care. Like, this is what I want to do, and I know we can do it. And we have done it. And it is successful. And it is sold. And, it, and it's only going to grow. Like, that's just me, and I just try to do more shit, and I try to – I don't know, man. Like, I don't want to be that radio – I mean, like, now you're getting into, like, the psychological profile. <laughs> oh, no. no, no, but <laughs> remember, like – No, but I don't, I don't want to be that radio guy that's just hanging on at mm -hmm. 60 or dying on the microphone. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. Like, yeah, there are other things I want to do in this life. And it, it the reason I, I, I brought it to there is because that's how I try to go after each day. I don't mail shows in. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, in the past, like, you know the certain times of year, and I'm not allowed to say certain words here, but, like, certain times of year, there are certain people in radio who will just mail it in. Mm. Oh, I don't need to press. I don't need to do as much because it's not as important. Well, fuck that. Like, dude, whether it's the day before I leave for vacation to go to Saratoga or whether it's Christmas, whatever it is, I'm the same. That's good and bad. But it's just because, no, I don't want to do this for 50 years. I don't ever want to be that guy. Oh, yeah, he used to be good, but now his fastball is only 85 miles an hour. Oh, he used to be all right, but he sucks now. No, I mean, I attack. You hear that all the time. I do, and that's know? what pisses me off in this industry because we don't have enough young people. We don't have enough people that are hungry. These, these companies do not – they don't develop talent. They don't cultivate talent. They don't give young guys enough shot. They just it, – it's, it's too many old people who are too established – who mail it in and are basically playing soft toss. Well, let me, and I don't like it. Well, let me say this on that note. And that's I, why I am the way I am. No, and, I, and I don't want to go too inside here. <laughs> but on the show, a lot of times when Sully or myself are talking, and we make a point. It's a lot of times when Mike will lean back in his chair and he allows us to talk, meaning he's building us. He's building us, allowing us to create our opinion and just talk because that's what we have to yes. do on the radio. We have to build who we are and be able to be comfortable to hold the topic and talk and talk and talk. That I appreciate because you're talking about building young talent. That doesn't happen. No, and that's my point is my job is I want each and every one of you to just go out on your own and do your thing. I want, I want every guy who works for our show to either develop to the point that they can just go and do their own thing and never look back or we have to find someone who can. Like, that's the deal. And there is a lot of turnover in this business, and it is hard. And it's it's one of those deals, man. Like, I, I just, I never want to be the guy. I want to be able to walk on my own terms. I don't ever want to be the guy who, oh, you know, he's not good anymore. And, well, let's just put him out to pasture. Oh, fuck that. Like, I'm, I, I want to attack this until the day I decide I'm going to walk and be done. Because there are other things I want to do in this world. But, yeah, no. It's, no, no I think that we're all... Obviously, we're all really close with each other. We all are friends and, and have a great time. But, I mean, sure, there's plenty of times where it's there's uh, arguments between us or if we're yelling at each other happen. for something. But it's like we never – the thing is with all of us, we always just <laughs> – 
It's not personal. We leave it at the door, right? Yeah. We it's don't not com- we don't come back the next day and, and are still mad at each other or anything like that. It's just because I'll also it. and I, I just speak for myself on it. Is like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna get after Sully, let's say Sully has a rough day behind a board. I ask for certain things to be done. They're not done or they're not done correctly. Not that that happens often because Mike is is aces, but like. I'll also, you know, go back around and I'll sit and talk with him and build him back up and let him know how much I appreciate him. Or same with Roberto David. I just think it's important that if you're going to blast people, you got to build them back up. And, mm-hmm. and we don't need to go into detail about other things, but like it's pretty damn clear how this operation works. This is this is the most, and I'm not. It's not throwing anyone under the bus. It's not about any one person. I'm saying, in totality. Like, the three of you guys are as good as it gets because we just, we make it work. And it it's, we deliver most days at a really high level. And that's why our show sounds different. And it's, we pull things from other ideas and other shows we've heard in the past. And, like, obviously, I mean, hell, like, I'm a huge, I'm a Howard Stern super fan. So are you. And it's like, yeah, like, I, of course. Some of the things Howard did years ago, like, you try to implement some of that or you hear a different show over here and you... You try to take your spin, put it on old things, and and do, do it your way. Like we do different shit, and I love it. But the cost of that is, you got to bust ass. Mm-hmm. And yeah, part of me busting ass is no, I'm not always a nice guy, and I don't think I need to be. Like I always laugh when people think it's some kind of insult to be like, oh, man, he can be a dick sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, and your point. Mm-hmm. Now, what I'd like to edit in now is a piece that. I had the cutting room floor a couple weeks ago and Mike was screaming at me for talking over him too much. <laughs> let's, let's play that Dude, really get quick. It, get into it right now. All right, well, I want to take a moment to tell you guys about our good friends over at Copper Craft Distillery on the west side of the state, Holland, Michigan. Great, great products, guys. If you haven't checked them out yet, make sure you swing by your local liquor store or your local grocery store and pick up some copper craft whether it's their bourbon whether it's their whiskey whether it's their vodka they have gin as well i'm sure wojo will love that they have great gin i've had it before and all their products the cool thing i get a lot of comments about this beautiful bottles that they come in great presentation and it's worth checking out it's a local product really really good they've won some awards too the usa spirit awards 2018 their straight bourbon whiskey won best quality product also, Michigan Bourbon Distillery of the Year. They've been killing it. Check them out. That's Copper Craft Distillery. I've toured the distillery before. Trust me, they do a great job, and it's nothing but quality. Copper Craft Distillery, and of course, online, coppercraftdistillery.com. Thanks for listening. As always, be sure we would really appreciate it if you go to radio.com or iTunes, subscribe, review it, rate it, and pass it on. And again, with your support, We'll try to get to two a week and uh, keep the train rolling. We'll talk to you next week.